1: Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on again this week with JB, joined by the illustrious Pistol.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is a, a lower energy podcast after my previous one, I think. Uh, it was a bit of a disappointing round for myself. Only half my team decided to actually play, even though they were meant to line up, mm. Um That does happen sometimes. Frustrating rounds. Um, I guess I'll jump straight into it. Sorry, JB. But yeah, 1896, which is not good. Um, Big rank fall, first big fall for my season, uh, down to 520th overall from my... Yeah, 17... I had, sorry, 19 players and uh, there was like six scores below 55 or something. It was just a nightmare.
1: Yeah, so this this round was good for a lot of people and I scored 1937 after um, making a last second trade to Bailey Dale from Juman MP. I was looking at my projected of 1800 knowing it was my worst buy week and I was um, really well set up for the next two. And sometimes it's really difficult to to take the buys as a full picture that they are. Um and someone like myself who's set up well for the next two buy rounds um not that I shouldn't have made the, the Dale trade. I think it was it was on my mind all week and I wanted to do it with Shea before their blade got moved and watched him dominate. So I was already a little bit disappointed, um, but ended up pulling the trigger late, which like a little bit reactory based on my projected. I didn't want to free fall too hard in the ranks, but I knew I could also carry Dale this week um, and at least he played round 14. So um, the last second trade by me pistol ended up working okay. I did lose a couple of hundred ranks, but as I said, we have to treat the buys as a whole, um, and my next couple are really well set up, so we have a lot to talk about. Before we get into that, I'm going to give a Patreon shout-outs to the new signees. ease um, So firstly, we've got Sam Cheek, Liam Misson, Luke, just Luke even. It's it's not actually just Luke, but I'm just... Okay. <laughs> um, John O'Brien, Luke Rebecca, Aaron Miller, Daryl, Sri... I don't... Is, is SRI. Do you think that's... that's probably Shri? Shri?
2: Okay. Yeah, Sri.
1: Michael, Trevor, McCullough. That, that could be wrong as well. I'm, I, th- I don't think I'm in good form today. Billy Lana, <laughs> No,
2: it doesn't sound like it.
1: <laughs> um, Harley Honig. Uh, these are tough names or I'm, I'm butchering it. I don't know. Garen, Nick, <laughs> Rab, Rabat, <laughs> Rabbo, Oh, God. What are you saying? <laughs> R-A-B-A-U-T. Rab- it's not Rabor.
2: Yeah, okay. I, I don't know. <laughs>
1: it's not Rabor. I feel like the T silent. I don't think it's Rabor.
2: have to tell us in the chat how to pronounce
1: it. Okay, anyway. Joshua Gibbs, Dylan Cumming, and uh, React, Zach React from Twitter, um, who... You and I know, um, I don't, I'm not sure how Twitter famous he is, but he's in there as well. So thank you very much to our 17 new joinees um, to the Patreon. I hope you guys are settling in well, not getting cyber bullied too much by the uh, the regulars in there. Um, and that'll take us to Cancer Council Pistol. Any movement there?
2: Yeah, just a a few, um, which is great. We've got Nathan O'Connor Knox says, here's the 20% that I saved off when I purchased my Manscaped bundle. And a big thanks to you, Legends. Third year of Supercoach sitting about 10,000 spots better than I've been before in the top 1K. And I wouldn't be anywhere near that without Dr. Supercoach. Keep up the good work, Legends. You don't have to read this one out. Just wanted to say thanks. Well... Another one where I probably should have read it in advance, JB. <laughs> but um, it's I too late now. You, I think would have read
1: that one anyway. That's super generous.
2: <laughs> no, thank you very much for that. And Jimmy H says belated donation for Chizo's persuasion to see Clary in round ten. Ripper tip. You're welcome, Jimmy. Uh, on behalf of Chizo, I'm sure we are. Everyone, thanks you and Council, Council. But JB, I think the big thing is going forward, particularly looking at round fourteen. I think we might. We Might cure cancer the amount of donations we're going to receive. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, maybe, maybe even by yourself, Pistol. I've heard your round 14 looking a little no. scratchy. Um, no, it's good. But <laughs> anyone holding Grundy, anyone with Zorko in their side, um, are probably looking at a stressful week round 14. But um, uh, uh, yeah, just, just any pledge that you want to make, whether it be a dollar to two dollars to ten dollars, whatever, um, donate for donuts we do run it every single year. So, and we, we appreciate the under overwhelming. Oh my God. The overwhelming support we receive on the, <laughs> on the site as well. So you're going to
2: roast them for donating yeah, no. the underwhelming support. <laughs>
1: I've I, I very nearly. Yeah. Okay. Apologies. Um But no, we, we do appreciate anything that anyone um, wants to give to us. It's, it's amazing. Well, it's not to us. It's the cat the cancer council. It is amazing support. Um, we have the best community in the world. We say that every single week. So much appreciated. And, We'll be watching round fourteen. We we should have about ten minutes worth of donations to read
2: out. Yeah, hopefully some funny stories. I'm looking forward to them. Yeah, hopefully I mean, some. Probably some not going to be that stories. funny. It's probably yeah. going to be like, oh, Zorko cost me a donut. Grundy's out. You know, stuff like that. Just but just so people know when, when they
1: ones. do donate with that stuff, like oh, I I copped the donut because of this. Pistol does find that funny. He he's actually sitting there laughing. <laughs> At the donations, and I'm thinking, oh, what's, what's someone written this week? And they're like, this guy got a donut because of a late out. Well, like, oh, that's, that's not very funny. It's a bit mean,
2: actually. No, my, my all-time favorite, I can't remember who it was, was the person who waited for the late team changes and then he saw his player, it was Boke that was like playing and then he jumped in the shower And then he came back to watch the game. (laughs) And Burke was out like three minutes before he'd copped a donut, even though he had like an emergency ready or something contingency in plan. Yeah. Uh, That's still, that one stays with me.
1: I remember that because, yeah, he did pull up sore. I think he had like lower back soreness in the warm up or something like that. It was in Adelaide. I remember that one. Very unlucky. So, we are going to jump into the the podcast. It's six minutes of recording so far, and we're jumping into the podcast. I can't believe it. It's
2: a new record.
1: We say that every Speed week, run. and then we start waffling over the fact that it's a new record. So, let's actually jump into the podcast. Um, firstly, before we get into the nitty gritty of things, rule changes. So, for those who don't know, which I, I think would be, I don't think anyone would not know by this stage, but um, <laughs> we did receive two extra trades on top of our season total for the year. Um, we're able to use four as our capacity this week and next. Um, and it's, it's. I mean, it's all just to deal with the Richmond game being moved. I think it affects quite a lot of people with short, dusty, uh, CCJ, RCD, all being extremely highly owned. Um, so... People will people obviously be you know, quickly switching things around to try and get to 18 in round 14. They're obviously keeping it as best 18. I don't think they have the capacity um, on the website to change that, so um, obviously we're really respectful of their ability to actually make things easier for us. The two trades and the four um, extra trades to actually utilize during the buy rounds should be quite helpful, Pistol. So I, I don't know what you think. I think they've made the pretty much the only decision they could possibly make for the week.
2: Yeah, look, I don't think it was a bad decision. I think um, four trades in yeah, round fourteen's fair enough. I think two trades, one or two is probably appropriate. So I think they've pretty much done the right move. Uh, unfortunately, I got burnt with my trades this week and it's cost me a lot of points. But, you know, someone's always going to be a hard luck story. Um, every time there's any sort of rule changes. So, you know, it is what it is. But I think now we can just focus on how we can get the best out of, you know, the new rules and how we can, I guess, strategize around it to to get the most out of it.
1: Yeah. And again, uh, with respect to the decision makers at Supercoach HQ, um, there are a lot of people that play the game that are sweating on these decisions. Their Twitter inboxes would have been flooded. So um, I think we can say that we completely respect their decision-making and the fact that they're doing it under a really tight turnaround as well. So um, I think the right decisions were made. So hopefully good for most coaches. There will still obviously, as you said, be a couple of hard luck stories out there, but all in all, good result for the game, I think. So let's jump into... The podcast is going to be quite open season this week, Pistol, because we're essentially in full... um, By preparation for round 14. Um, I think a lot of people, now that they've been granted a few extra players for this week, um, are sitting quite pretty with at least 18, but most people having 19 or even 20 playing this week. Um, It's next week that's the concern, and there's a lot of things, a lot of tactics that you can do to potentially put yourself in a better position, or um, if you're playing for league, you might want to tank it based on what your, your opposition does, but essentially we're going to be discussing how to best prime yourself for that buy um, so you can try and get to 18 playing if you've had, had a few um, unlucky outs. So firstly, um, we're just going to discuss trades in general um, and the fact that we have players like Grundy and Zorko missing round 14 um, due to a suspension and an injury and what you think is best to do with those players specifically. I think Grundy's the main one that's getting spoken about as a trade-out option. Um, Zorko, I've heard murmurs of him being a trade-out option. He's very highly priced at the moment, um, probably too highly priced for what his output's going to be for the season. Um, So I think a a few people are seeing the opportunity to make a little bit of money there um, and also get a round 14 playing player in. So um, I know I've just given you a lot right there, but um, firstly, let's just discuss Grundy and the, the trade-out option that is him.
2: Yeah, there's going to be a lot to discuss. A lot, a lot to talk there. Bear, but, bear
1: with us, yeah. There's a lot.
2: And also, as much as we hate to say it, it's all this stuff with four trades. Like, There's so many variables. It's so team-dependent, but we'll give it our best shot to cover the, the general average super coach player listening to this podcast. I think Grundy... now. It's interesting because with the extra trades, that grants us, I guess, the ability to have more flexibility. I think without extra trades, holding makes a lot more sense. I think when there's the extra trades that are available, coupled with the fact of a lack of downgrade options and cash-generating abilities, I think Grundy out makes more sense than it did last week. I think if you did trade him out last week, uh, you've probably come away as a big winner given all the rucks went really well last week and you're probably ahead of the curve but this week I still think the opportunity presents because you essentially could trade him for a player that will get a score in round 13 and a, and a score in round 14. I imagine most people will be looking currently um, at its side in round 14 that has less than 18 players so you're trading Grundy to somebody that you will get their full allotment of points. It won't be a situation like in round 13 where you know, you're know, you losing a maybe a 60 as your bottom four scores that don't count, so you, you don't get that full allotment of points, but um, by trading Grundy out, I think depending on who you trade, well, you will. I assume you're not going to trade Grundy out for a round 14 by a player. Assuming you trade him to somebody, um, you'll be getting their full allotment of points, and that's, I guess, key because it's a two-week move Um, with repercussions over two weeks, not just one week, you know, oh, it's bad, you trade out Grundy, it costs you two trades. Like there's a a cash and points benefit to doing that. Can I jump in? So far, yeah, I was going to say, so far, did you want to jump in before I continue? Because I feel like there's going to be a long answer. Yeah,
1: no, no, it will be a long answer anyway. So I do apologize for asking a long-winded question. But um, I think the trade last week of Grundy, Um, People are getting a little bit confused and thinking that they can now just pull that same sort of trigger and and get someone like Nick Nat or um, Riley O'Brien who scored well. I think now trading him in, and the same as last week, the the trade was to get two on-field players during the buys, um, including and most importantly playing in round 14. So trading in someone even on their buy this week as well, um, is bad. You you you're, you're essentially limiting your trade in options to players who have now had their buy, um, and you, you're targeting them off the buy that you're going to get two best eighteen scores from. Um, I think it's yeah. really only a, in a, even a discussion if you if you're getting two good scores from it, considering from what we know right now, Grundy does technically return in round fifteen. So um, yeah, sorry, you can you can continue.
2: No, I think it's an important point that it's, the move's now not like Grundy to Riley O'Brien or Grundy to Nick Nat yeah. because they share that round 14 buy. That's not the move anymore. The move now is Grundy to either a premium forward or a premium defender or a premium midfielder. Ideally, you want somebody that's going to be playing round 13 and round 14 because then you're maximizing your, I guess points potential but that being said it depends who you trade in you're obviously not going to trade in someone just because they happen to be playing and you know say oh I'm gaining points like it doesn't quite work that way given Grundy's high price it might enable you to get a top end premium midfield option that you are otherwise unable to afford I think for a lot of people trading Grundy let's say to Whitfield that opens up an extra 120K. That might be the difference between somebody trading in, let's say, um, a Boak this week. No, oh, that's a bad example. But let's say a Zeret next week and now they've got an extra 120K. They could get a instead. And I still think that's valuable because Bontempele should outscore Zeret for the rest of the season. You know, maybe it's by 10 points per game. So you're gaining, you know, allotments of 10 points for the rest of the season as well. So there's definitely many... Options that you have when you trade out Grundy, but I still think it's key to try and get in you know um, players that are going to help you in round fourteen specifically and if you can't oh uh, sorry i'm um, <laughs> getting getting lost sorry j b trade in players that help you specifically in round fourteen, but also if you can in round thirteen as well
1: yeah no no exactly um I think that's really important, I think it's almost essential now. Um in saying that, I think the best time to trade Grundy was last week. I think that was the prime move if you were going to do it. And I'm a person who kept Grundy, is happy to keep Grundy, and think the right decision for my team was to hold Grundy throughout. Um, so not to say that you've missed the boat on, on the trade or that all these people that did it are now ahead of you because um, they have to worry about getting him back in or whatever their plans are in a few weeks' time. I think it, the, the difficulty doesn't end um here for them so um with with that being said you're targeting yeah someone off the buy this week um you did name a couple of examples like whitfield i don't, I don't think jelly's the best example maybe took is a better example um, yeah someone,
2: that was that would have been the example i wanted i couldn't think of it at the time yeah
1: <laughs> so, so someone that you maybe couldn't afford the thing is though um are you able is this money that you that you potentially couldn't afford prior to trading Grundy because um, I assume most people aim to get him back. Yeah. Is that money okay to spend because you're eventually trading him back in 30K cheaper and trading him for someone who's made money since? So, like, that that money doesn't come from nowhere is, is sort of my point. Um, just because you're trading Grundy out, you want to eventually get him back. Th- that money... Is still there in a finite amount in trades that you players that you're bringing in and out of your in and out of your side. So, is the money sort of generated by getting rid of Grundy? Is sort of my question.
2: Yeah, so I think it's a couple of things. I think one, you need to look at who would be on your field otherwise. So, for example, if I'm trading Grundy to a premium midfielder, I now you know, have a fully finished midfield. Yep. Let's say coming out of round 15, if I didn't get Grundy back, I might have Reeves or CCJ at, at R2. They might be averaging 80-odd, um, which is, what, 40 lower than Grundy's average. Whereas yep. in the midfield, my bench consists of Finlay McRae, Brockman, and depending on who I trade in, probably another no-namer rookie. I mean, they're going to be a good 70 points below, you know, like a Lions. Um, per game as well so I think in terms of increasing your overall point scoring potential of your side it really depends on who you're replacing from your field when you're getting this this bonus increase it makes me feel a lot more comfortable buying a big name midfielder given I know how weak the midfield bench options are and I definitely if I was prioritizing you know, trading out Grundy, I feel more comfortable bringing in a premium defender like Whitfield or a premium midfielder over a premium forward because I do think some of the bench rookie options in the forward line are almost up to pace. Well, not almost, but, you know, within the 20-point vicinity of of an F6. So I feel like you don't get as much value when you're bringing in one of those players.
1: Yeah, and are you doing this with the plan of getting Grundy back eventually?
2: Yeah, so I, I think it's almost a no brainer to get CCJ and Reeves. I know CCJ has a buy in round 14 and that hurts, but he's averaging 99 in his first two games and he's going to make a lot of money very quickly. He's a ticket back to Grundy. So if I'm able to turn CCJ and Reeves back into Grundy, I don't think round 15 is realistic to be honest. I think round 16 is realistic. Um, You know, Grundy dropping to 600k after one game back. And then, if we get an extra, you know, two, three games of Reeves and CCJ, they could be hitting, you know, 250, 300k. You're almost there at being able to cash one in and being able to do a one up, one down if you had some money in the bank as well. So, that's kind of going to be my plan of attack. And I think that will probably be most people's plan of attack because Reeves and CCJ are pretty much the only cash making options that you can bring in this week. So that's, Bianca, I'd say, the yeah. standard. Yeah, I think most people probably brought in yeah, banker last did. week I though. Agree. So yeah, there's Reeves and CCJ, uh, the way I imagine most people are are going to make their money. Or there's also, I guess, Warden, who people might hold on to now that he's playing, probably playing in round 14. And Waitman, mm-hmm. people probably are holding him now as well. So there's some extra, I guess, cash-generating options that we... Didn't know that we would have. Yeah, um, I had you know, Waitman, going into round fifteen.
1: I had Waitman, Devrob, and uh, yeah, Dev Waterman. Good, yeah. All those potential outs this this week on their buy. Um, now that they're guaranteed to be playing round fourteen, I'm trying to keep all three. Um, yeah. it's, it's highly unlikely I can do that. I think I have to trade Waitman this week, which is just my team dependent situation. But um, keeping Waterman and Devrob still, I think, is super important for me. So. Um, Also something to consider if you had those trade plans leading in. Round 14 players are as good as gold at the moment. Um,
2: I mean, that's Grundy pretty much there. (laughs) Yeah, Using those two, catching them in. So, So, okay.
1: Um, I kind of want to... I I, I now understand that you're doing those trades. I I actually didn't know that before my line of questioning. Um, I'm holding Grundy. I I, I just think uh, it's best to say now, if you're in a position like me where... Before trades heading into round 18, you already have 16 or more players playing, which I'll be in that position personally, Um, assuming Waterman doesn't get dropped, which would be infuriating. Um, The the position for us is kind of unique and we can kind of just hold Grundy through and be fine with it, Um, especially if we, we have obviously four trades to deal with those last two spots to get back up. And there are a lot of people, a lot of people that won't get to 18 um, probably most of the competition are going to struggle yep. to get to eighteen. Uh, so even getting to sixteen or seventeen, if it doesn't f- compromise your trades and compromise your team structure, I could understand someone stopping at sixteen and seventeen, even having the power to go to eighteen, and opting not to uh, to keep the team structure in place. So I suppose that's something we could probably discuss as well. But just to just to finish off on the Grundy stuff, um, I do think he's a good trade out option this week still as long as you're getting someone who's going to put up two good scores for you in the next uh, fortnight, and you've got a contingency plan to get him back. I've asked a lot of people, uh, not just in Slack as well, outside of Slack that I see going for a Grundy trade-out option, and just ask them what the contingency plan is for getting him back in. If he comes back and scores back-to-back 130s, which he was on track for that game, we know he's more than capable of doing, how do you get him back? Because a lot of people... Are now going to have Brody Grundy a, a vice captaincy captaincy option in their team, and, and you're going to be you know I don't know if you're still playing Reeves or CCJ or if you've pivoted to another premium ruck. Like you have to have a contingency plan. It's super important. And I think last year after trading out Max Gorn for that injury and getting Todd Goldstein, not having a contingency plan for me, it probably took about about three k ranks off my off my final yeah. ranking. So it's yep. super super important to plan ahead, make sure you've got the money, make sure you've got the trades, keep yourself with at least minimum bare minimum two plus trades remaining at full premium even after you retain Grundy and and just decide if it's best in your best interest to go for it or if having Grundy over the second half of the season is more important than having 17 as opposed to 16 players in that buy round.
2: Yeah, no, that that's very wise. I think for me personally I'm looking at a situation where I've got 21 premiums and 10 trades remaining, so I, I I don't think I'm going to have an issue being able to get Grundy back into my side. Um, I just have the trades and I'll have the cash, so it's not even something I'm stressing about, but I know other teams definitely will be stressing about that situation, and I think it's yeah, it's, it's definitely something that you have to keep in mind. I think I just one extra thing we probably need to touch on for yep. Grundy. I think given his injury, we're making the assumption he's coming back around 15. I think, I guess, a pro of trading him out is just on the very, very slight off chance he doesn't return round 15. It's obviously a win, an extra win, if you, you don't own him then for that round, but... Yeah, you know, we it, can't really we can't really predict that. So I, I'm playing it as if he is coming back around 15, and then going to suffer a price drop that round and pick him up the week after.
1: So that's right, and that is kind of a factor because if he does miss a week or two extra on top of that, which again we are admitting is very unlikely, and I'm hoping is not the case because I'll be keeping him. Um, the trade ends up turning from maybe. One sided towards the Grundy players that got to keep him because they're fine for round 14. To oh, he's missed another game, so now we're you know we're more on an even scale because they're fielding Reeves anyway. And then he's missed a couple of games, so all of a sudden I've come out actually on top after this. So, um, the very real possibility of that happening could turn the trade as well. But again, as you said, it's not really something to factor into your decision making because we don't know what's going to happen with it.
2: Yeah, I think. The main difference for me, if we link it back to Zorko, between Zorko and... Yeah, let's
1: get into Zorko. He was my next point, so...
2: Yeah, I think Zorko, we're looking at him, he is in an insane purple patch, if I can call it that, at the moment. He's scoring is, you know, he's got a a five-round average of 130. So purple patch is maybe an understatement of how well he's scoring as a forward right now. The problem I have with trading him out is that you don't get to wait for a price drop in round 15 to buy him back because if, when he plays round 15, he's going up another 20K. So he has to come in as lockout ends at round 14. You can, you're trading Zorko back in your side for that play to kind of work out. Okay. I don't think it's worth fading him for the rest of the season Yeah, because him, he's him just averaging
1: so much more.
2: Yeah, go for it.
1: So with Lockie Neal returning to the side and yep. Lion staying in his normal form i i think there's less there's there's more of an argument of Zorko averaging 95 from the re- for the rest of the season which is very very good uh, even oh okay that seems too conservative say 105 for the rest of the season yep um he's priced at 600k you could you could get someone like and i'm trying to think on the spot here of someone who's playing around 14 and, pu- and averaging that, that could go close, but um, <laughs> I can't think
2: of anyone.
1: I mean, potentially, potentially danger field. We don't know exactly how that's going to go out yet. So, um, but anyway, there's there's there is someone there because I've been discussing it during the week. I just can't think of the exact name. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's not coming to me, but anyway, um, or even if you're trading him to a midfielder or something and then making your forward upgrade later, let's just say that's happening because he's 600k. Um, there. I think there is scope for doing it and just not really caring if you get him back or not. He's not going to... He's not going to average 130. You've actually... You've got the best run of games that he's going to have for the season, Um, maybe for the rest of his career. I didn't think he had this in him. Um, But he, he's high priced as well. You, you might be able to pocket a little bit of change and just not have to care about getting him back in like you would with Grundy. Um, I know he's only missing the one week, technically the next two, but... Is is even going through your mind that this could potentially work out in in the trader's favor, or is it just not at all in the realms no, of possibility?
2: I I don't think it's the, the thing is like if you're trading him out, you're, you're not buying him back. You're you're going to buy him at six hundred and twenty k. Like you're, you're realistically, no, you, if you trade him out now, yeah, you're, you're not, not, not him. buying him. And the thing is, he played with Neil this round and still scored one hundred and twenty two and looked unreal. I know Neil, you know, has to warm warm up and get back into it, but there is definitely a world in which it impacts other players like McCluggage and just doesn't impact Zorko I mean they played together for the first part of the season I know Zorko put in some stinkers but that was because of those five frees that he was averaging against him and we we identified that and that's why we wanted to pick him up because we knew he'd you know had that potential and there's not many 100 plus scoring forwards like very few and I feel very confident in Zorko being a top if not the top scoring forward for the rest of the season um, after the round 14 by so taking him on doesn't seem like a good move trading him to Dangerfield at 600k this week seems like a bad move with Danger set to drop, he's got a break even of over 200, like Dangerfield will get to like 500k and I have concerns over what role Dangerfield will play immediately as well, all of those don't seem like good ideas to me um, I, I feel like if you're choosing between Grundy and Zorku to trade out, I would be trading out Grundy So much faster than I would be trading out Zorko. That would be, I I don't even know if there's a world in which I would consider trading out Zorko, particularly that this buy is one that's easy to cover the round 13, the round um, 13 buy. So it's more, I would have more faith in trading out a missing premium in round 14 than trying to cover by trading out Zorko. So, for example, if I want to trade out like a Heaney or a May or a Short or whatever it is, I feel like that's going to be a better play next week than trading out Zorko would be this week.
1: Okay. Well, again, you jumped ahead of the queue, which is great because you just said whammy perfectly from topic to topic. Um, so, if you want to keep Granny because you're stressed that you won't be able to get him back, if you don't want to trade out Zorko for the reasons that you just mentioned, which I, I completely agree with, I just enjoyed playing devil's advocate for a second there, um, it, but you, you're That's still you're still left with 14, 15 players that, that buy round and you've got someone like Stephen May or Isaac Heaney or you did mention Short but I think he's slightly elevated to those two. Um, May, I mean, maybe May and Short are just the two that are slightly elevated over Heaney. Um, who are you looking to trade out then of those guys, if anyone, and... Is, is there more validity in doing that than there is getting rid of someone like Grundy, considering, for example, Isaac Heaney. We we said this three weeks ago. We were getting Heaney to trade out eventually. Um, he had a good run of games. The, the next three games of him were really juicy. Um, he scored 128 in that first one. I think a lot of people... Um, got the rose-colored glasses on for that and and thought maybe premium. Uh, I thought for a second they're potentially premium because he looked so good. He then had 35-odd in the first quarter of the game last week and I was thinking, oh boy, am I going to have to make a really tough decision here? Uh, And then he scored 50 and he's got, he's got he's got Hawthorne coming up, and I fully expect him to go well again, um, but that's really just going to max him out on his money-making uh, while someone like Dangefield's is going to drop 30K this week and, and could score 110 as a midfielder for the rest of the season. So I think Heaney, before we even get into the discussion, is a super obvious trade-out, and if you got him this week just gone, thinking potential premium that's cheap, I think you also have to bite the bullet and potentially trade him out especially now that he has that round 14 buyer um and he's just going to be a thorn in so many people's sides and he's a rest risk every single week horse keeps saying it um i think he he even had a comment about him this week to say like he's looking okay he's jogging like he's he's probably going to play but that that is going to turn one week he's going to miss a game off the back of one of those interviews that they have early in the week and he just says no, actually, he's pulled up sore. He's probably going to be 50-50 for this week. That is stressful. I don't think we want that in our sides.
2: Yep. So, I guess I got a couple of questions for you before I answer. Sure. How? So, who who are you... Well, firstly, I'm assuming you're talking about trading heating next week from round 14. Yes. Uh, yes. I think that's that's we fair. We keep him this week, obviously. Yep. So, who are you looking potentially to trade him to?
1: I only have one person that I've actually looked at, and that's Dangerfield. Okay. okay. Um usually he does well against the SA teams. He's gonna come back this week. I think Geelong are in a posi- a decent position as a team, but they're also really well structured as a team at the moment. And I think Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron up forward have a really good partnership, which they I don't think they exactly had earlier in the season. So I'm doubtful that they want to immediately mess with that and, and change things up I think Dangerfield just plays slightly more midfield time than forward and that's all we ever need from him to average 110 plus um, the injury could be a slight concern but Dangerfield is generally one of the least injury prone players in the competition leading into this season so if he's fit I, I trust that he's ready to go if he scores 110 this week or or even 90, 90 to 110 this week um, against Port, which is a tough game to come back into, if he looks good and passes the eye test, I will be very, very committed to trading him in the week mm-hmm. after.
2: Yeah, I think there's a big difference in trading in danger at you know six ten k versus trading in danger at like five fifty k. Yeah, no, like no, 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 one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: with, the, with the Zorko example, there is someone better, but I just, I just genuinely cannot think of it. Maybe I'll as soon as the podcast ends, I usually think of these things. Um, but yeah, Dangerfield was a bad example.
2: I think. Um, the other option... Well, I mean, you trade trading Bailey Dale yourself. Is that an option that you would consider trading Heaney to?
1: I really, unfortunately, missed the game. But from what I've heard, he gave away a 50-meter penalty, should have kicked two goals, which one of them I heard on the radio was marked on the line by his teammate, Lockie Hunter, um, and also didn't play on from all of his kickouts. And he generally, prior to that, has a 96% play-on ratio. So... I think he left some points on the table. A lot of people saying it should have been a one ten plus game. Um, I wish I could have seen it so I could be saying it for myself and not just passing on other people's messages. But um, I'm confident in the selection. Um, he does look really composed out of defence, which he has for a few weeks now. Yep. Whether he's good enough value is a little might be a little bit different because he could be susceptible to um, potentially role change. I don't think i don 't really think that's going to happen, but he has put out some eighty fives in the past as well. If he averages ninety five for the rest of the season, he might be around the price where it's it 's a speculative trade in. but mm-hmm. if you 're backing him in to go hundred plus, which i mean i I personally from what i 've seen so far and how good the western Bulldogs are and as long as Caleb Daniels playing anywhere else on the ground, which he has been, I think Dale definitely has the scope to go a hundred plus. Um, is there's just a few factors there that might have people questioning it, and and if you do, completely fair enough. I, I probably would struggle to justify the price tag if that was the case.
2: Yeah, look, I watched the game that Caleb Daniel's playing like as an inside midfielder and then off the half forward flank. Yeah. I mean, it seems like da- Dale's won the role off the half back flank. I think Daniel that's played pretty well to still me.
1: in that role, by the way.
2: Yeah, but we're not talking about Dale. We're no, talking no, 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 I'm about just Bailey saying. Dale, yeah. <laughs> so Dale I. I think his floor is really high, which makes him a good pick, especially in the forward line where players are probably a bit more dodgy. I think at 525K, you're not getting a value pick. You're paying for him probably what he'll average, probably 95-ish. And I think that's a fair... I think it's just a fair price that he'll go for the rest of the season. I think it's not a super sexy pick, but it's a pick that will do well for for the season. So he's definitely... An option that I would consider trading in, I think, is a better option than like kind is. So that's definitely on my list, I guess. A different bomber that I wanted to talk about though is Kyle Langford at four seventy four k. So a couple things on Langford. One, he's getting center bounce attendances the last yep. three rounds. He obviously is going to be getting more midfield time given McGrath is now out for 8 to 12 weeks which is huge news so who they don't really have that many midfielders to bring in so you'd think his role is probably locked for the rest of the season now I had Langford in a keeper league last season so I kept I was watching him pretty much every game and keeping my eye on him so I'm familiar with his play style and I am a big fan like he gets into good positions, he is tall, so he takes a lot of marks and has, you know, shots on goals, Um, he seems to float around the ground, and he can also, he's one of those players that will just, like, gather a lot of points really quickly, so, you know, have, have those, like, big quarters sometimes, he seems like a good forward option moving forward, and he's only at 474k, I think he's Maybe not as as safe as Dale, but I think he has more upside than Dale and he's 50K cheaper. So it's definitely, you know, for 60K odd to upgrade Heaney next week to Langford, I think definitely has to come under consideration. And he also has that DPP, which is a little bit handy given most of, I think, our forward options don't have DPP at the moment, or at least four of mine don't. So, um, you know, never know when that will come in handy. So I think that's probably... There's not many other options. I mean, we've we've talked about Hall every week, so I don't think we need to talk about him anymore. But I, I definitely think between people potentially wanting to upgrade Impey or upgrading Heaney, I think Langford needs to be thrown into the conversation as an upgrade target.
1: Yeah, I, I like Langford. I I feel like anyone who's ever played a draft or keeper league has had Langford in their side for a, a certain amount of time. I think it's generally because he comes out with a couple of 80s or a couple of tons in a row playing as a forward and he's usually on your waiver wire after the five weeks prior was 60s and you jump on him and, and ride the wave for a little bit. But it does get you to sort of appreciate him and, and watch him a bit closer. I think he's a good player um, and I think he's been building into this for a lot a lot of years. Uh, the only thing I'm concerned about, and I haven't scoured it myself, is their injury list. I wonder how long he lasts in there and as soon as he drops out, what his scores start looking like because um, I'm not super interested in a, a four or five week loan um, I just just want to look at I personally haven't seen it and I don't know McGrath's out for uh, eight to 12 I don't know when Caldwell's returning I think he had a setback a, f- a few weeks season, ago yeah yeah um, it's just Shields coming Shields back coming this back. season
2: in a couple of weeks but yeah again they were kind of using my far forward I don't think they'll necessarily they use the half half now, forward yeah. when they when they don't have a midfield but and uh, and they're playing well. Even they, so, they've like, got yeah, they have
1: Perkins they have um, who's in there a bit as well. They have a lot of players who are actually in and out of there. Stringer obviously flashes through there. I don't think he can possibly pay um, more than half a quarter in there. So I think he's Langford safer than Stringer in, in getting those CBAs. But it just he's a good forward, Langford. Like he, he genuinely is a threatening forward at all times um, when he's up there. It just concerns me a little bit when someone's really good at two positions um, and the the second one, they've sort of inherited three injury. What happens in the second half of the season? There, there might be, I don't know, there might be a breakout midfield contender. Dylan Clark's, I think their only fit midfielder that's actually on their list, um, who's, not even, who's not already in their best 22. So I know they have their injury stocks there. Um, just one to watch, I think. One to look into a little bit and just see how long that role could possibly last for if it does last for 90 percent of the rest of the season, I think is just a really good pick.
2: Yeah, I mean, most people have to make on their mood, move without any more information, but um, I guess that's one to talk about next week anyway. It doesn't really, you know, impact this week. I think um, JB, though, if we take it back to the original question, <laughs> which was you know, MP Heaney Short, I am toying myself with the idea and again this comes down to a very specific my team situation because i've got a lot of trades left i can get into a point where i do potentially have a room to get heaney to f7 which is not bad but you love your f7s don't you yeah i guess i guess the issue i'm looking at is Is that I'm, i'm thinking No, it's not that I I like his heart He's a good F7 Because he's got A low floor And a really high ceiling But And they've got a good fixture run You know, to end the season So like that That seems quite good I think it's strong The next three After the bye are bad And then it's a very strong Final five But Uh, Average
1: Average? Yeah I mean, only only average. Sydney, Sydney, I think, are middle tier for me. So it's hard for me to commit to anyone having a good run unless they're like, high Co- tier. Collingwood,
2: anyway. Fremantle, Carlton, St Kilda. They're all bad teams.
1: <laughs> they're the remaining teams?
2: No, they're the ones that is just played. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, say it. But no, they've they've got Gold Coast in the final round. I'll, I'll read it back to front. Gold Coast, North, Saints, Essendon, Fremantle, GWS.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I think GWS, Fremantle, NSN, and Essendon that's slightly yeah, okay. more annoying but yeah you know what i mean they're if they're all mid-tier they're all mid-tier in it, it like it's not the, if that was port adelaide or geelong's run home then i'd be saying like absolutely they could probably feast on that but, but for Sydney, the,
2: anyway yeah. the the point the point is that i'm trying to make is that i'm now watching callum coleman jones play and he's really oh good no. he's really good and now I look yeah. at it and I think, why should I just invest that money back onto my field somewhere and just have Callum Coleman Jones as my F7 instead? And he also provides that ruck cover if I need it, and he just seems like a good option as well. So um, you have I mean, Heaney
1: and CCJ? Is that what I'm no, doing? No, no, trading oh, out Heaney and, and investing that on money Heaney
2: onto for my CCJ? field. Yes, yeah. and using CCJ as my my F7 loop for the rest of the season. I think I don't know if you've watched ccj i have life games he's really good he and is. the things that he does well which is contested
0: life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Marking marking on a lead and accurate goal kicking are all (laughs) things that score you super coach points. And a lot of them. So, you know, he kicked two goals and scored 86. Other players kicked two goals and scored 50, uh, you know? Like, he's a player that I can see potentially kicking two goals every game for the rest of the season. And if he's going to do that with the way that he scores his points, he's going to be sp- scoring games where he, you know, goes 80-plus and it's potentially enough to loophole on for somebody else like MP if you are holding b for example. So... I just kind of wanted to point out that if anyone was like me thinking that they might want to hold Heaney, there's now other options that are also scoring really well, and that might not be something to consider I don't, anymore because we've got to be fluid.
1: Like you, Pistol. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, I, I yeah, like CCJ as just bench cover for the season. I, I don't know exactly about loopholeing him. I don't know how bad my F6 would be for me to take an 80 or something like that over him, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting well, when you, one. When
2: you don't have Zorko, you probably will need to. Well, take, when, I, you, know, when you don't AD have Bailey Dale, yeah, potentially. <laughs> yeah, I guess you would have to. Um,
1: apologies if my dog just did make a cameo there. I don't know what he's crying about, but yeah, his mum should be keeping quiet.
2: Um, I think um, back to the May versus short. Oh, fi- finally, def- yes, back to the May versus yeah, short. I I do think we, I I think that you can trade one of them if you are struggling on numbers oh, to get a midfield. Of them. Yeah, I don't think it matters that much. It's I think it's much of muchness there, Much to be honest. of muchness.
1: So if you have, you've obviously got the three of them. You're, we're committed to trading Heaney, aren't we?
2: Uh, no, I, I can get through the buyers and hold him and just figure out what to do after. I okay. mean, I might trade him. I don't know. I don't need to.
1: Uh, you're making things confusing. We're committing to Heaney as the number one trade-out option if you have a full-on premium. Like if you have a round 14 premium that you want to trade out.
2: Yeah. Why hesitating? He was it's the only re- So the only reason that I'm hesitating are all things on the table is that if I'm trading out Heaney, I'm upgrading him and I need to find, you know, 50K odd. Potentially, if I'm trading short, I could do it with no money in the bank and downgrade him if somebody looks amazing this week and rhymes with Pustin. Okay.
1: Well, firstly, that's mean. Uh, you, you... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you. Would, I mean, you could have said rhymes with like Fan Houston or something, but you went with Puston. Um, okay, so yeah, I get what you're saying. I I still think he needs a danger, which should be a lot of people's high, high, high wish list. Um, yeah, and I would be that's cash though. No, I would be trying to factor that into your trades on the run home, and even if you're even if you're looking at trading out Grundy, try and factor these things into your trades on the run home because I think Dangerfield is super super important, and I do not want to for a single second undersell the importance he could have to your team in the run home. Um, yep. But I think Short and May either of them. If you if you weren't happy with what they were producing and you were super super desperate, I agree, Houston. If playing in defence this week could provide you an outlet, he's got to break even over a hundred anyway, so he's not going to jump up. He's something like four hundred and twenty k. If he's playing pure defensive role, then absolutely, I could understand that sideways or downgrade actually by the by the end of it. I don't think we need to talk any more about short May. Um, no, I, don't I think, think I asked so. you that question half week. an hour ago. Um, and you've finally gotten to some sort of an answer. Um, but that that sort of covers sideways in premiums in general. If you have anyone worse than the guys that we've mentioned who have the round 14 buy, I think the consensus is that it's, it's just okay to sideways them. Um, we have four trades around, so you're probably not compromising the trades you're already going to do. Um, and if you're not compromising your bank or your future trade situation by getting to full premium, then I... Absolutely don't see an issue with trading out anyone worse than than who we've yep. already mentioned. So ah, we're going to move on. Um, firstly, I want to chat to you about the rookie situation and <laughs> lack thereof. So we have... Essentially, we have the three guys this week. Most people, I think, in the competition traded in at least two of them last week. Um, the other people are using one or two of their trades this week to get them in and then making one or two upgrades in, in the reverse, um, you know, spinning that money back out. So um, we need rookies still. We, we might even need an extra one this week for for certain people's trade plans. And we definitely need them next week. And we need them playing next week. Um, yep. And there just aren't any. There are, there are zero out there. And I'm getting messages about trading in a 102 k rookie donut. Which blows my mind because you know a lot of people only have fourteen or fifteen playing in that round fourteen. You do not want to trade in donuts, but there are just so so few options. Um, things will come clearer with teams. I might be, you know, this might all be skippable by the time teams come out because there's three debutants and we just take a punt on one of those guys. But even the even the other guys, like the West Coast guy who just debuted. Um, he's got the bad buy as well, so we can't get him in. Um, I suppose Holmes could keep his spot, but that is so, so highly unlikely. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to count on that at all. We kind of are left with no one. What what do we do?
2: <laughs> well, I think the first thing to note is that you must get Bianco, Reeves, and CCJ, and yes. I know that people are going to say, oh, I can't get them because of the round 14 buy, it kind of doesn't matter because your other options you're trading in probably aren't playing the round 14 by anyway. Because who, who else are you trading in? They all have the round 14 by most of the rookies. And if you're thinking maybe I'll just hold somebody who is potentially playing, you still need to upgrade your team as well as get the guys that are going to make money. The thing is, Bianco, CCJ, and Reeves look like making a lot of money Lots. each. So... It's just going to be counterproductive for the you know the next ten rounds if you don't have those money making guys in your side. So it's a dead certainty. Sorry, it's just something that we're going to have to do. Bring them in and then figure out how to cope with the round fourteen buy. You know, outside of that, um, JB, it's unfortunate that it looks like there's going to be no other rocky options. I've got a couple of plays that I want to outline with you. The first one being the oh no. Basically, do nothing this round and just pray for a bunch of debutants coming off that round thirteen. By maybe we see Riley Garcia again, maybe we don't. Maybe we see Essendon bring in some rookie. Maybe we see I don't know some mid-season draft players come in. Uh, I think. But how do you how do you how do you rate the wait and see strategy?
1: Well, it's what I'm doing. I, okay. I have, I'm <laughs> I'm saving my fourth trade for this week. I don't necessarily need it that's sort of staying in the bank and I'm doing my other three trades as two up, one down as I already had money left over in the bank. So I'm doing that because there's just, like you said, there's like I've said, there's no one else to trade to. Um, and I'm just going to be patient. And if someone is debuting this week, then there's no point in me getting them this week. I can just get them next week. And if there are like three players debuting this week, then maybe I'll look at someone like I don't really like debuting off the buy. Um, I could potentially look at getting one in this week, but it's all it's still unlikely because I'd have to trade it. So anyway, um, yep. I'm waiting and seeing. I'm happy with that tactic because at the moment there is almost nothing that could happen in the next. Two days that would have me confident that someone's going to play the next two weeks off of a debut, um, so uh, like yeah, that, that tactics fine by me. If you need the to ad- make a move,
2: oh uh, yep, I was, go, I was going to go through the other yeah, options. No, no, go on, that's what I was just not nah, uh, segueing. So I think it's probably then. Uh, if I'm I'm assuming you've built up a little bit of cash in your bank. I think some people won't be in the situation where if they want to upgrade their team, they have no cash in the bank. And I think that's where the trading of Grundy comes into account because you're able to free up cash without having to get a dodgy rookie. And it allows you to get the rookies next week and just like bide some time by freeing up the cash um, using Grundy to premiums instead. And the last one I think to discuss JB is Grundy to Zach Smith, who's priced at just over 200 K he's, still projected to make 100k in three rounds if he averages 70. Um, He's still cheap enough at 200k that it's not crazy. Um, But just given the lack of other options, uh, he's pretty much the only option um, that's available and it comes at the right time with him, you know, Grundy being injured and him being available to play in, you know, round 14. How How do you see that one going?
1: Uh I I am a historically negative Zack Smith human. That that those yeah those words <laughs> That's all a very in that specific order. thing to be um like, negative, negative about. about. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's just cuz you bring him up so often. I'm so used to just saying like it's like a internal reaction to just say no when I hear the words <laughs> Zack and Smith put strong together. Fair um, enough. Look, I kind of understand the validity of it this week, Um, just due to the lack of rookies. I would prefer to do anything other than this move because even in his two games, he's scored 76 and 68. I don't think he's exactly guaranteed to score well, um, even being the first-rate Ruckman. Um, They drafted someone in their mid-season draft who was a Ruckman. I'm not even sure if they try him out instead of Zach Smith. I he's also extremely injury prone. There are so many cons with Zach Smith and and trading him in and owning him and just looking at him. Um but I understand why someone would go down this path like he said Um, He's projected 70, and then, for example, if he scores a 70 this week and then 69 three weeks in a row, um, he gets up to 310K, which is, yeah, 94K. So it's kind of just fine. Um, It it could just stall everything until Grundy returns, and then you trade him straight out. But I think even waiting those three weeks is risky for him. Um, Those four weeks, sorry, um, is risky for him. I, I just can't back him in to play... Consistent football and and good football, um, this is like a real serious. He just
2: had a buy, <laughs> just coming off a buy. He's had a rest. It's refreshed.
1: That, I mean that that might be bad. He might just be a momentum player that just needs to keep on playing, and <laughs> otherwise he gets cold and injured. I honestly don't know with Zach Smith. He just he just misses so many games, dude. I can't I can't sit here yeah. and say like. Yeah, he's going to be good. Like, get him in for the next month because a month is a long time for him. And even the last fortnight, like, it, I don't know if you've watched him play, but he doesn't look. it's not, not been good. Doesn't look super out there. No. <laughs> he doesn't look like he's physical prime. Um, but yeah, look, honestly, break glass in case of emergency. I can understand the pick. And it only takes one good ruck, ruck score for him to balloon out and, you know, make it a little bit more money on top of that, which is all obviously just. Um, icing on the cake but his, his his ruck matchups are Fremantle who are playing Meek this week Port Adelaide who will have Laddams back at that stage um, North Melbourne Todd Goldstein and Richmond who obviously they have a bit of a really on, on. Bank, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, like they're not super difficult matchups they're not super easy matchups um, I'm sitting on the fence a lot with this one I I, I would try not to do this no matter what I would, I would really look at any other option but if you were backed into a corner There are also worse options um, than Zach Smith.
2: I think in your side, you need to plan out very, very much. I uh, would suggest planning out your trades. If I look at my side and I'm culling Poulter and Burns, you know, for example, next week, I end up in a situation where I just have like 150K in the bank and nothing to do with it. It's not enough where I can upgrade a player specifically that I want, potentially. This is all you know, air quotations, potentially. Um, and if I don't have anything to do, if I'm happy with my side, I kind of would rather have Zach Smith than a non-playing 102K donut in my side just because I get an extra player on field for round 14. Plus, he's just going to make money and make it easier for me to transition back to Grundy. And I think that's where... The benefit lies in that if I want to hold CCJ for the rest of the season as F7 cover, having Zach Smith and Reeves allows me to you know do a one up one down to a non playing um, ruck forward DPP 102k, and then getting Zach Smith back up to Grundy and as like a pretty convenient pathway that's just like available. All assuming, of course, that Zach Smith doesn't get injured, which is definitely a huge risk.
1: Huge risk. Um, yeah, it's it's big. <laughs> yeah, it's no, no, not no so but awesome.
2: I understand it, and you have
1: to look outside the box, especially when it's rookies that are letting you down. I, like I don't like when people seek out PODs um, for the sake of having premium point of differences, but when there's no rookies in, and you just genuinely are faced with like no other options, I understand it. I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to hate on your continually bringing up Zach Smith somehow every single season, but yeah it it just to, to me it's fraught with a lot of a lot of danger and yeah. you not only have to prepare for what happens when he maxes out but you kind of have to prepare for what happens if he potentially gets injured in that time as well do you have a contingency plan and trades for that situation too so yeah. um yeah it's it's yeah it's there it's it's a roundabout i'm not shooting so, you down it's it's no,
2: fine. i i understand as with most of this stuff it's very team dependent i was just going to ask if you were going to trade in a 102k non-playing player do you have any thoughts on if you would be taking like a a5 you know with that defensive mid dpp or potentially like rolling the dice on like a giant newcomb who's 100 yeah i I think yeah right there yeah i think john newcomb
1: could play um he's he's been good in the vfl this entire season from what i've heard i haven't done all my research so I don't know exactly how he's been going or how likely he's to play but the things I'm hearing is that he's potentially a debutant this week and has been playing really well in the VFL and, and can offer their side quite a lot um, but yeah it's it's just I mean if he debuts this week it's not even a discussion I mean I, I, like you could probably just get him off off on a debut um, and, and just hope that he makes it past the, the one week mark so it's kind of yeah it's tough uh, he he would be the guy that I get even if he's not yeah. named this week though, but yeah it it is it's such a difficult situation it's a tough season, dude um we're talking about things I, I I never thought I would actually be discussing um too closely and it's very difficult it's difficult to to get through um what other options do we have to talk about I think
2: so I guess the premium options that we're looking at bringing in this week is probably the most important thing to okay. talk about. I, I just want to quickly say
1: right now, Whitfield, good. Um, Whitfield, good. Yeah, I think I think people are probably already planning for him, have planned for him and are getting him this week. Whitfield, good. He was jogging laps, but um, we have on decent information that uh, that's just part of his regime. He just had a light session today, so it's fine. Um, Whitfield, good, in. Um, I think that's the easiest trade a lot of people are going to make. Aaron Hall, if you don't have him already, I know we talk about him every single week, but people still aren't on that train. Um, coming off his bye, I think he's a super, super easy in as well this week. If you don't already have him, I think a lot of people would have been planning for him as well. Um, other than that, it kinda it starts to get a little bit murky and uh, you look at the midfield, I think specifically, and a lot of people are having questions. So there's Josh Kelly there, um, whose role has been... Obviously, super inconsistent this year. It's actually been consistent, but in spurts of four and four weeks. Um, you, so, you have him at a decent price at 560K. You have Took Miller at a slightly elevated price, about 50K more, more <laughs> very, expensive. Very elevated price. <laughs> I mean, 50K is not... You're not breaking the bank. He's not 100K overs, but... It's
2: like um, 600K.
1: It's so much for Took Miller. Anyway, yeah. So, you've got Took as well... When, when you go below those two options Guthrie. As it pattern
2: Guthrie 608
1: I don't yeah look I, I, I okay can we do we do we want to have this discussion right now I, I don't think Guthrie is a trading option this week at all
2: because of the shoulder
1: yeah yeah I, I look after what I've seen from Houston and the fact that Guthrie's a crash and bash player um throwing him back into that mid he was a lay out already with the shoulder so at least he's had two weeks off which Houston never had in a row um they, yep. they just sort of kept on playing him through it, but I, I think Houston's still getting effective right. That's why he's back in defense. So yeah, um, for sure. I, I just I just don't think he's the type of like I don't want Guthrie to be in the forward pocket because he got a knock in the first quarter, um, and I don't want to trade into that. And then you've got the factor of you know Duncan's coming back obviously uh, after the concussion, Dangerfield's coming back after missing most of the season. Um, I just think there are better options than. I think Took Miller is a better option already than Guthrie, so I kind of want to hit that on the head.
2: What about Raul?
1: Well, <laughs> you've cut off my my whole spiel here. So no, I'm sorry. Below, I
2: still want to talk about the other ones.
1: Below Jelly and Took. Now that's what I'm getting to. You, you have essentially... I haven't even talked
2: about. Oh yeah, 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 let me jump back to Jelly. Are you concerned oh. with the return of Deboer in that no. side and what the impact will be, or Brent Daniels as well and what impact that will have on Josh Kelly?
1: Potentially Brent Daniels a little bit, but I think that it gets to a stage where GWS are playing better with Josh Kelly in there, and so much better, <laughs> and and they are a better side, and he's a better midfielder than anyone else I've swung through there this season. Um, he can, he could can be one of the best midfielders in the competition. I I, I think it gets to a stage where Cameron realizes. It didn't exactly work like it didn't work with Cornelio those years ago. He's just not a good enough forward, Cornelia. Um And and he just stays in there. Brent Daniels is good. I think he I think he still gets CBAs, but um, doesn't get the lion's share. I think he just sort of goes between forward and midfield. He's a good forward, Brent Daniels. Um, there's yeah, no, there's no reason player. to ruin it. Um, and also, De Boer, as, as unfortunate as he is with his old age, I don't see him stringing together like two months of football. So I don't think it's a huge, huge factor. Um, but regardless, I, I again, they it's not like for like. You, you've got a defensive guy and an attacking guy. Um, someone else in their midfield who is a better defensive player um, would lose some CBAs rather than Josh Kelly, I think.
2: Yeah. Look, I did trade out Jelly for Oliver around three or two. Can't yeah. um, I can't remember. Um can't believe you did start Oliver. Very That's satisfied. Crazy. Very satisfied with that trade. But... I am considering jelly as much as I hate myself for considering him again. I do think that you have to given the options that are available and his price points and his three round fixture run I mean man, could they have tried to pick a better three fixtures North Melbourne Carlton North on to have in a row for for jelly like the uh, that's that's prime hunting ground for someone with a ceiling of two hundred points.
1: North Melbourne this week, he Josh Kelly's in my side and immediately vice captained. And I don't expect to have to use my captaincy. Um if I do, I mean I'm happy I'm happy to fall back on Gorn versus Collingwood. But do you know what I mean? Like it's just it's right, right up there. Um with some of the better things to look at is Josh Kelly with an impending North Melbourne fixture. Um but there are there are still a few different options. Obviously you've already mentioned Matt Rowe, but um, Travis Boak I don't, I don't think he's as good as Ollie Wines but some people my Ollie Wines is another one um, Tom Mitchell I suppose is coming off his buy and is somewhat a premium um, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitch Duncan coming <laughs> off of his concussion has been uh, sensational this year as well he's 581k um, it's just that his break even is a little bit higher so I don't know if you want to wait a week on him but um, essentially the options after Took Miller and Josh Kelly drop off quite a lot um, and we're left with not a lot of good stuff. So if you don't like Josh Kelly and you don't think he'll keep his role, and you can't afford took Miller, what the hell do you do?
2: I think you get Whitfield. I think that's just. But like, you if
1: you're if you're going two up, two down, for example, like you you are getting a midfielder this week.
2: Yeah, I, I'm in that situation, and I'm still looking at Jelly closely. I think what you've got to weigh up is Jelly and you know ten games. Touchwood, he plays all 10, versus somebody probably like Lions or Neil, or I don't know if you can afford Bont or Parrish and them in nine games, I guess, and you know how that would go for the rest of the season. It's not an exact science given you'll probably have like a 60 score instead um, in the best 18s, but yeah, it, it's if you think. Jelly can go within five points per game of those guys, then he might be the one to trade in. Otherwise, it is still potentially worth holding off or or just bringing in, you know, lines this round and just copping it for the betterment of your long-term super coach side.
1: Yeah, and can I just say, since being thrown back into the midfield in round seven, 129, 111, 132, 102 and 122, um, I don't think there's any doubt, and I don't think people out there do doubt, um, the fact that Josh Kelly, when he is in the midfield, is an elite scorer and yep. um, not only can match it with them with a game in hand, but um, maybe not in this form. Uh, I, when I say this form, I'm referring to Parish and Bont, um, their form, maybe not in their, their current state, um, but in normal, all things even season, I think Josh Kelly can match it with them with even games remaining um, if he has the role. It's just that we... Aren't one hundred and ten percent certain he has that role for the rest of the season? We're just playing coach at the moment and and just making assumptions based on what we think should have happened for the entire year and will happen for the rest of the year. So, um, and it's not like we're assuming he's going to get that role. And he's just played a full pocket game last week. He has had that role now for five weeks. So, um, yeah, I I, I think it's I like Josh Kelly. I, I'm I'm really confident in him. I'm looking forward to owning him. I own him every single season and I usually hate it. So hoping that this is a bit of a change in um, pace. Took Miller, I also really like. I, I think he's um, a really good option. Even with Rau returning, um, I don't know how that affects him positively, negatively, not at all. I, I, I opt for not at all. Um, Miller is just in career best form and he's scoring well every single week. Other than that, I would try... I mean, Duncan, I think he's fine. But other than that, I would try to just not trade in a midfielder this week, I guess.
2: What about a forward option? I hear he's got a good draw. Actually, that's not true. But Tom, Tom Hawkins, yeah, coming off the bye. I know we touched on him last week, but just to bring it up again, people are looking for a forward and do have Hall and Jay Z, and they're like, oh, no, I need one more." What about Hawkins?
1: I don't mind it. It's 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 never going to be for me. Um, you're probably asking the wrong person because I'm I'm never the key forward um type of gal
2: when i'm making my my season (laughs) he Um, can't do well this season and it's like his fifth year in a row averaging 100 and no one ever starts him.
1: (laughs) yeah the thing that scares me is is the way they started the season and i know they were still figuring it out then but he started the year with 57 134 85 55 79 105 65 um that's his first seven games that scares the absolute poo out of me um, and it's only for his Houston. recent change in form. He's, yeah, the Pust anatomy. Um, 149 against Richmond, 91 against St. Kilda, 101 against Gold Coast, 126 against Collingwood. Not the hottest opposition, I might add, as he does play Port Adelaide, Western Borders and Brisbane in his next three. Um, the run home should be amazing, um, like, wet sail type of action. But I just, I can never get my head around these guys kicking the amount of goals and being as dominant as they need to be for you know, 10 games in the run home. And I, and I know it all sort of comes out in the wash and, and the average takes care of itself and he always averages in the top six and like he's always a good selection at some point in the season. I just can't get my head around a pistol. I would rather go in a multitude of different directions than get Tom Hawkins. And it seems so harsh on him because he's averaging yeah. 95 and even with that bad start, he's averaging 95. But it's not for me personally as much as I don't want to trash on the pick because I just think he's always good
2: does that make sense anything more to add yeah no it does and uh, I I it's hard to advocate for him when I still like Dale more and Langford more and Dangerfield is coming through and it's like all these options that I don't have but think will outscore Hawkins. And
1: Shea, Shea is much better as well. I know he's got that awkward play. Yeah, if you can wait, if, yeah. If you're going full premium the week after that, absolutely would wait.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. So, it's, somehow there's a lot of options that like I want in my forward line and I'm looking at my forward line and i am got like Heaney and Impy and I'm just like, oh boy. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of like i get that here. <laughs> No, um, it is what it is
1: so I kind of wanted to just quickly touch on the trade out options this week so a lot of people have um, players on the buy um, waterman Waitman uh, Dev Rob a three with relatively low break evens that are on their buy um, I would have Kate in trading RCD um, I don't you know burns is break even better than I am but potentially burns and yeah. um, Murphy over all three of those this week I think because um, we're all in a you know, privileged situation. We have twenty plus playing this week, or nineteen plus playing this week. Um, I just think we can afford to get rid of them. They're going to be. If you look at RCD and Murphy um, specifically, they've been in our worst. Like, if we've got if we've got nineteen playing, that would have been it. The nineteenth player last week. Um, unfortunately, not if you had both of them, um, mm-hmm. or. Or they would have that like they will be this week coming up, and they would have been the week prior. Like they're they're just not good scorers. You're probably getting rid of your twenty best best score, twentieth best score, um, in order to keep someone like Waterman, Waitman, or Devrob who will play round fourteen, which is far more important and have much lower break evens as well. I think it it kind of goes without saying, but until someone says it, you don't really you just see someone on the buy, and you're like, okay, cool. Like they've made a lot of money. Upgrade. Um, It kind of feels weird trading people. Off their pie, compared and, and keeping the ones on their buy But I think that's um I think it's really important this week.
2: Yeah, specifically like Murphy and stuff. I know he's playing, but oh, I mean he might get dropped. But I I don't know. I, I, he's playing, but I still don't think I'd hold him. Burns is you can trade him. as break even's twenty nine. He does play Adelaide, which is potentially a good matchup for him. So I would try and hold him if you can. But if you also need to release the funds that he has, you know, it's no issues. Players that I would definitely want to keep though, are Poulter. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. Most 100%. exclusively Poulter. Uh, don't trade him. He's still making money. He, he looks like a really good scorer. He just gets into good positions. Such he's a good gonna role. He's going to be one for the future. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Really good scorer. Good player. Actually. I've, I think I've watched every single one of his games and he's improving every single week. I don't think his game against Port was particularly good, but he just had that really important goal at the end there. Um, yeah. That up his score. Last week he was unbelievable um, from start to finish, and was a big part of why they won that game. He was just everywhere in the wing. Um, and the he the plays
2: wing- the Phillips role, <laughs> yeah, like better and, than and he's Tom good Phillips. At it. and he
1: can actually hit a hit a target. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but that that first week, I remember you asked me about Poulter, or, or uh, you might not have specifically asked me. Someone asked me about Poulter, um, and I just said like he he looks like he's sixty kilos ringing wet, and you know it just might not yet be his time to to dominate football and you know he might not be in a central trade-in and i was really really wrong about that because despite his small frame um he's a really good player really handy so you absolutely keep him this week but you're going to be trading him the week after
2: all right jb i've got one really podcast question uh, okay. that that we haven't covered and it's a, a league only question and after that i think we'll just run through which rookies to play this week because some people will have some options available. I did okay. just drop my phone on my keyboard. and uh, nice. yeah, That's super loud, by the way. Yeah, no, I apologize. Um, and captaincy options, of course. So yep. firstly, we've just got Lunny um, asking, basically, he's playing for league only. He's happy to tank the round 14 by and he has to choose between bringing in Whitfield and Lloyd and just wants to know who he should be bringing in.
1: Ah, it's a really difficult question. I think Whitfield, I I watched Lloyd play and I think he's back to, he's more last season in the last month than he was in the first couple of months. Um, so I think it's slowly turning, but Whitfield just has that absolute X factor, 150 plus, like could do anything, any game. Um, and he's building, he's turning up and building. So, um, I, I think Whitfield. they I that might be an unpopular decision. You also save a lot of money on that, by the way. Um, well, I'm, yeah, I'm in the Whitfield 50K. camp.
2: So, well, how does this sound in SuperCoach finals? Given that's what he will be playing for, first round: Port Adelaide, Geelong, Richmond, Carlton in the grand final for Whitfield, whereas Lloyd has Essendon, St Kilda, North Melbourne, Gold Coast.
1: Okay, so the balls <laughs> the balls going to be down Whitfield's end more. Yeah, I'll go, I'll Probably. go with I'm um, I, I, I back in Whitfield, honestly. I, it, it would take a lot for me to change my mind on that. And I, I just think with those... High, especially league play, um, he's, got a, he's got a high floor and a really high ceiling. Whereas Lloyd's just a consistent 100. I, I just think he's got more of that X factor to win you a game.
2: Yeah, outside of the 142 in round 11 that, that Lloyd put up, he had... Had gone one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games in a row below 111 but higher than 95. Yeah, it's amazing, super
1: consistent, like amazingly amazing. consistent, and always has those few outs.
2: Get Lloyd, no, <laughs>
1: Lloyd, Lloyd is good, but Whitfield, I just think, yeah, you, you if you want someone to potentially win you a game and not just play defensive for you, then you know, Whitfield's excellent.
2: I think there's, there's a lot of questions. I don't think we need to answer them that that specifically talking about should I get Whitfield, blah, blah, blah. Should I move lead to the midfield and get Whit- Whitfield? I don't think there's any... like There's no reason not to move lead into the midfield to get Whitfield and then potentially trade like a short or a main next week to a, to midfielder, a midfielder that's yeah. playing. Yeah, I Just, agree. It's fine doing a switcheroo for a week. I think people need to be a little bit more cognizant lead has been in my midfields that.
1: for two weeks now.
2: Well, there you go. He uh, hasn't moved from my backline all season. Um, all right. He'll be back in the Benny, midfield. Benny uh, Buzzboys uh, yeah. asked specifically who to bench for round 13 out of Tracy, CCJ, and Reeves. Tracy. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say for the majority of people who don't own Tracy, w- would you bench CCJ or Reeves this week? I think this will affect a lot of people.
1: Yeah, maybe contentious, but I would probably bench CCJ. I think with his um, his role yeah. in particular, I think it's, it's riskier that he goes 40 or 50. I don't think he particularly will. He probably just gets 60 or 70 if he has a bad game. Um, but Reeves is just an absolute 85 magnet. He probably will just be that way um, for the entirety of the season. Um, he's just... Yeah, I, I just think with their roles in particular, I don't think you need to look at really anything else.
2: So... I'm going to throw another one in the mix: Reeves versus Zach Smith, where Zach Smith has Meek matchup and Reeves is against Hickey. If I, all right,
1: let me throw one back to you. Who would you field out of CCJ and Zach Smith?
2: Zach Smith against Meek, definitely. You're an idiot. I don't think. I don't think that's a, a question just to chase the upside.
1: No, what? The it's upside's best with CCJ. Weak.
2: No, most people have like twenty. The upside no, people, is with
1: CCJ there. What is Smith scoring?
2: Uh, uh, look, uh, against Meek, I think he could score well. I, what you what do you think best... he could score? He scored 68 against Reeves. No, Reeves is good though he's so much taller <laughs> oh my uh, no, I
1: think no, no 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 I, I regret asking you as Zach Smith my point was is that you wouldn't choose CCJ over Zach Smith so why would I choose Zach Smith over Reeves uh. but it's lost on you because you would choose Zach Smith <laughs> over choose- anyone
2: no because best 18 means I'm going to try and take so pick the guy who can, can kick go five goals
1: high. mate don't pick Zach Smith
2: <laughs> I think against Meek, it's, it'll probably be a good matchup. Oh, my
1: God. You're so you're so sold on this thing. it makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it All really right.
1: does. I hate seeing you like this.
2: Down back, it's going to sound obvious, but um, I think uh, everyone should be able to loophole Jones this week. Probably. Quite yeah. easily. Um, and then you'll be able to see his score, <laughs> so we don't really need to make a call on whether you can...
1: each you talking about Jones v. Murphy, potentially? I, I think a lot of people yeah. are, are weighing up Murphy... Um, Have't yeah I mean uh, um, haven't actually considered trading Murphy which I think should should be on a lot more people's minds I had done my trades and someone else pointed the Murphy thing out to me I had Waterman already traded out and I reversed it and traded Murphy out just because it makes so much more sense so um, I think that will, will change a lot I don't think many people will go into this round with Murphy and he's playing Mur- forward M- pocket please Murphy don't start Murphy
2: versus Highmore. Oh my god, but
1: neither of them are even gonna play or score thirty plus. I'm I'm not deciding between Murphy. I mean it it's higher more of the two, but that's that's a disgusting selection.
2: Okay, and then up forward people probably have No, I actually don't think there's anyone, is there? No. Nope. Probably deciding between Coleman and Is there any forward rookies that are playing this week?
1: I mean Polter, I guess, but no one has yeah, no Poulter. one has five guys <laughs> who are all yeah, locked
2: in, enough. that's fine. Alright, I think that's that's it. That's it. Captain's oh, do
1: you want to, Yeah, we'll do captains options. Um all right, for me it's super duper 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 easy. Um Gorn should be everyone's captain this week against no Ruckman. Um
2: Oh come on, Max Lynch, don't do a disservice to the to the kid. Uh,
1: okay, So the I <laughs> think the only easier Ruckman battle that he could have had was if he was versing Gold Coast and Zach Smith. But um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I think I think Gorn is a very easy captain. I I do like Clary, especially considering Collingwood love just giving up high disposal games to yeah really like piggish midfielders like Roulette. But I think Gorn is just so so obvious against um Max Lynch that you, we might just have to watch both them both go one fifty and you know one of them probably just scores five more than the other and we go, Oh man but prior to that, I'm going Josh Kelly against North Melbourne. I think that's super, super easy as well. Um, I'm trying to have a look through the games um, that are involved before that. I suppose Steel against Adelaide is probably a really good vice captaincy shout as well.
2: Yeah, that's a really good one.
1: Um, other than that, there's not a whole lot that sort of that, you know draws me in. I guess- I, we're missing the Bulldogs. So we kind of like the top 20 scorers in the game at the moment aren't playing this week. <laughs> so it's a bit more difficult. <laughs>
2: I think Whitfield as well, if you don't own Jelly, I think Whitfield's probably a decent shout. I know that his, what was it, past history, Freco tweeted out that he hadn't gone more than 20 touches in his last five games in North Melbourne. If I want to put some context around that stat, uh, I think it wasn't painting a fair picture, given he has do not play in 2021 against North, played them and scored 97 in 2020, did not play in 2019, played in 2018 where he wasn't a super premium where he scored 81, then did not play in 2017. And then his first two seasons, a 60 and a 72, where he had a season average of 80 points. So it's not really a fair comparison to throw them into his last five. Um, I think Whitfield is a fantastic option this week yep. as a vice captaincy. I think I'm scared though, personally, JB, of not captaining Gorn and getting his score. What how many points would you take from a Whitfield or a Jelly or any vice captaincy to not captain Gorn? Why
1: well, one I'd probably take one twenty five plus even. Really? You not think going to go 125
2: plus Absolutely. against literally no one?
1: Ask everyone who captained Grundy for his 75 how no, they I think did. about... Yeah, okay. Ask yourself how you would think about another potential injury happening. Injuries just happen. It's unfortunate there's been a lot this year. Um, it, it, it just happens. Crap happens. Uh, I don't know how far... I, I, I wanted to say the S... Can I say the S word or do we have to put explicit on that?
2: No, probably. Probably just play it safe yeah you know, okay keep okay, well, it friendly crap happens. gone scoring this season he's had one game that sub well 70 and he since round two he has essentially blitzed the season and there's so many scores above 120 it's not even funny I just think this week I just can't see the injury is the only reason I think he can't go 130 plus
1: yeah exactly and it's it's a really like possible outcome I don't I think he could go once like, 150 yeah probably But 170 he could he could One, go 250 it doesn't matter if you're not, oh. you're not you're not gambling any amount of points on the fact points. that he might get injured 120 yeah. pass from Josh Kelly and I'll lock it in I'm happy with that and it's the reason I'm sort of going like he, Josh Kelly's not exactly a boom or bust because he can pepper around 115 to 130 but um, he could go like mammoth this week I think Wyfield's probably the best vice-captaincy option for that reason is that he can go really really large or 100 if you don't own Jelly I think Jelly's better but um, besides Jelly I think Wyfield probably is the best vice-captaincy option because he just has so much potential um, to score big enough for you to you know take it and yeah. not watch Gorn from behind the couch but regardless at least you own Gorn you've got to lose 30 points or 40 points on that potentially it's not that big a deal um take the take the the risk-free option those who went with grundy those who um actually chose to go against the one i think it was a 125 most people had that week um you lost 50 points on that the the downs and that's with grundy actually playing super super well to the point that he got injured it could have been more it could have been closer to 100 points that you lost on that so Mm. it's just not worth it it's not worth the turnaround
2: i know you said Jack Steele before but he's in ripping form a 154 and a 140 in his last two and up against the Crows I think yeah. potentially another 140s on the cards there as well so yeah. if I was ranking them it's pretty hard to split I'd probably put Jack Steele slightly above Whitfield only because of injury risk yeah, that's I guess fair. that's fair no that's um, fair. but otherwise yeah I don't know how you can go past Gorn this week yeah
1: we've got three <laughs> potentially really good scores if you can pick the, the good score in the lead up then take it please even if still on his cause
2: against me vice captaincy oh well JB's disconnected from the podcast uh, this will wrap up the podcast thank you very much for listening if you want to find myself on Twitter it's pistol underscore D-R-S-E. if you want to find jB on Twitter it's jB underscore D-R-S-E. if you want to find chizo with a Z it's chizo underscore D-R-S-E. all the main doctors, doctor superpetrators dr underscore SC we will catch you next week and good luck for the buy